Hey, Women of Marvel listeners, it's a new year and we have so much great stuff lined up for you in 2021. To get us off on the right foot, we wanted to revisit one of our favorite episodes from 2020, our interview with the martial artist and actress, Phoenix Carnavale. Whether you're into New Year's resolutions or not, we think you'll be inspired by Phoenix's positive energy and the way she brings her Marvel fandom into her everyday life. But first, I want to talk about a new series coming to the Women of Marvel universe. Every two weeks on Marvel.com, Asked and Answered with the Women of Marvel will highlight a different woman of Marvel by asking her anything from what's the best advice you've ever gotten to when humans live on Mars, what one food must we bring? From writers to artists to actors, directors, stunt women, gamers, accountants, the list goes on. There are so many amazing women doing so many different fascinating things in this big old Marvel universe. So when you mark your calendar for each new episode of the Women of Marvel podcast, set your alarm for Asked and Answered too, which will show up on marvel.com slash womenofmarvel every Friday that we don't have an episode. Now, without further ado, let's get to Phoenix. If Wolverine had a signature move, what would it be? Just slashing everybody, you know? It's like a overhand right, like a big, big one-twos. Sweet. <laughs> Welcome to the Women of Marvel podcast. I'm Ellie Pyle, and today I'm joined by another special guest co-host, Jamie Frevely. Hey, everyone. Can you tell us a little bit about who you will be talking to? Of course, I got to chat with a woman I really admire, Phoenix Carnivale. She is a martial artist, fitness instructor, actress, and all-around impressive human, possibly even a real-life superhero. So, Jamie, I am excited to hear this interview that you did for us, but can you first tell us a little bit about who you are? Of course, I am an editor at Marvel.com, which means when you come to Marvel.com looking for all your Marvel news and information, that is me and my team. And you got to talk to a very exciting guest for us today, Phoenix Carnivale. She does a lot of mixed martial arts-inspired workouts. She does weight training. She does strength training. She does all kinds of stuff. She's so well-rounded. And she's also, as I found out, a huge Marvel Comics fan. Woman brought receipts to this conversation. Like, we had an amazing conversation about her fandom, how it applies to her fitness philosophy. When I was practicing or sparring, getting ready for a fight, I had to be confident enough to stare across the ring from someone and say, today is my day to win and your day to lose. And I'm sorry about that, but I have to win today. She talks about the X-Men and how her fandom in the X-Men has really been important to her. A lot of little girls were reading like Vogue magazine and I was looking at you know Storm and Jean Grey and seeing how strong they were and independent they were and they were part of this team. It was just like two kids playing in a sandbox. Like, yeah, I love that stuff too. And it's even more awesome to find out how it applies to your adult life and your career and how you take these things with you all the time. She seems great. Let's take a listen. Okay, so this is a really exciting day for me. I have Phoenix Carnavale here, and she has been my fitness instructor sort of on an almost daily basis through her videos on Daily Burn. And today we have her on Women of Marvel to talk about being a kick-ass, badass lady and also a huge Marvel fan. So welcome. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. And one of your Daily Burn videos, you actually specifically say it was action movies that got you into martial arts. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Like what got you into all of this? Well, the truth was that I, you know, I lived in a single parent household. My mom would work and go to school, so I was alone a lot with my older brother. And you know, anybody who has an older sibling, they want to do everything that their older brother or sister does. And my brother used to read comic books. And he was sort of the man of the house way before he was a man. He had to watch me, take care of me, put me to bed. And I was pretty much a rambunctious kid. I had asthma, but I still had a ton of energy. And um, he was like, just wanted to read his comic books. He didn't want to deal with his little sister. So his idea was to read his comic books out loud so he could do double duty, get me to go to bed and also get to read his comic books, which got me into comic books. So he's like really meticulous. He couldn't touch his stuff, but I would sneak in his room and read his comics and putting them away in the perfect position as if they had never been touched. 
And his big thing was the X-Men and Iron Man and Fantastic Four. But I gravitated towards the X-Men for the obvious reasons. They were culturally diverse. There were some badass women. My name was Phoenix. So how could I not love all of these characters? And the X-Men led me to Daredevil. And Daredevil led me to Elektra and Spider-Man and all these great characters. And I wanted to be just like them. A lot of little girls were reading like Vogue magazine and I was looking at, you know, Storm and Jean Grey and seeing how strong they were and independent they were and they were part of this team. And I really think that it shaped a lot of my values, my belief systems. And as soon as I had my own money as an adult, I signed up for karate. I love this because I think so many children sign up for martial arts because they watch cartoons and they think, I want to do that too. Were you a kid when you did it or were you more of an adult, like a teenager? I so wanted to do it as a kid, but we, you know, we didn't have enough money. And and I always encourage people, even if you didn't start as a child, you can still do it as an adult. You will still learn so many valuable things. Plus, it's not as boring as, you know, just doing the same old workout all the time. You're learning a skill and you're learning confidence, camaraderie, coordination. So it doesn't matter what age, you know, you started. Of course, I would have loved to have done it at like five or six years old. Imagine where I'd be now with it. But even still doing it in my 20s made such a tremendous impact on me. What you said rings so true for me personally, because I actually started at 30. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, for a lot of years, I think especially when you're in your 20s and you're a woman and you're trying to do entertainment, which I was trying to do, you're constantly told it's too late for you. And it's just not true. You can really start something like this at any age. And especially when you realize this is something that you do to empower yourself. You're not doing it to impress other people. You're doing it to empower yourself, to become a better person and kind of mold a different kind of person and bring out the best. And um, when I was doing martial arts, exactly what you said, you're learning a skill. I hated running. I hate machines, but when I'm learning how to do these skills that I learn in your videos, but also these classes that I took, you know, you feel like you're really learning an art and you're perfecting something that will not only be kind of beautiful for yourself, but will help you defend yourself. Absolutely. And it's not about fighting. There's a spiritual level to it. A hundred percent. If you think back to the messages from Bruce Lee, if you watch a lot of those movies, it really was about controlling yourself, being an artist, learning a skill, knowing so much about yourself. You know when you quit. You know when you pick up the pace a little bit. You know when you have that grit to work harder. I I did compete. I fought. I have done boxing, karate, and Muay Thai. Uh, And then eventually I became a fight commentator and I've interviewed athletes all over the world. I've worked with the UFC a number of times, the LFA, which is kind of the conveyor belt to the UFC. So I do understand very much the aspects of fighting and competition, but I really only believe that's like 10% of what martial arts is really, really, really about. You know, And, and I think that a lot of the values in the comic books were really similar to that. There's a, a great story by David Mack. It's Echo. And it was a Daredevil comic. And Echo goes on this vision quest and she has to discover all this about herself. And it's, again, the story of the two wolves, which you've heard before. It's uh, There's two wolves inside of you, the one that is jealous and angry and manipulative. And then there's the other one that is you know, spiritual and calm and courageous and takes responsibility. And those two wolves are inside you fighting all the time. And which one wins? Well, it's whatever one you feed the most. So whatever part of your mind you continue to feed is generally the person that you become, the decisions that you make. And martial arts teaches you that. It teaches you how to handle pressure while it's happening, to make choices, the executive function of your brain in the middle of chaos, right? That's what it teaches us, our reaction time, our emotions to those reaction times. And that's really what you learn from it. And I think that that's crucial for any aspect of life, you know, whether it be fitness or just like dealing with someone who's stressing you out at work, which wolf are you going to choose at that moment? And that doesn't mean that you're always peaceful. Sometimes you have to stick up for yourself. You have to choose the way in which you do it where you're under control. Like if we think about the characters like She-Hulk and Hulk and even Spidey and like all of these characters, the Phoenix going to dark Phoenix mode, right? You think about all of these characters and, and that inner conflict and struggle that they've gone through. 
you have to discover that. Sometimes you have to like let that dark side out to even know where it is inside of you to deal with your darkness, your depressions, your what's making you sad. I think that's a crucial part of any spiritual journey, whether it be artistic, physical, mental, it's all there. Absolutely. I was working on a thing about She-Hulk a couple of years ago, and there was a point where she decided to just be green all the time. And she was like, this is who I am. And I accept this. And this is how I'm going to live. And it was a really powerful thing for me to read. And it was like, I wish every little girl who was feeling insecure could just read this one panel. But what you were talking about, too, is what I've always loved about Daredevil. I gravitate so much towards Daredevil as a character because I love, despite my own spiritual journey, whatever it may be. He's like a good Catholic boy. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting to see a character believe in a higher power and still kind of yield to that higher power and look to that while being a hero and having this whole other set of priorities, but still being kind of not beholden to something above him, but kind of acknowledging that he is not the biggest thing in the room. Yeah, I think that that's a big deal when it comes to Daredevil as well, which is another thing what I've always loved, like what Bill Sinkavage and what David Mack always do with him, or even Miller, it makes you think about these inner emotions and demons and things that we all struggle with. I have a young niece, and she's into art. And, you know, sometimes when people get into artistic careers, people will tell them, oh, you know, it's not possible. It's, it's a, you know, it's a pipe dream, but it's not true. You know, Mm -hmm. think about all the people that have made it successful that work for Marvel right now and how many of them are women and uh, how important it is to sort of chase after that, but also be able to control like your emotions, but the business side of you, which is always about this duality, which is what, again, what I love about martial arts, when to fight, when not to fight, how to have control over yourself, all those type of things. So I just, you know, want to encourage her confidence to be able to go after whatever it is that she wants to go after to deal with your own inner demons. And most of the time, I think with women, it's about our confidence. Yes. And trying to find our confidence, even whether it's in the physical space, even to work out in the first place or to go after a dream. And I'm so influenced by these characters who had to push themselves to be confident, even you know when Storm had to head the team. There's a lot of these morality tales in that that are super important to tell. These stories are really important to tell. Yeah, I see that a lot in um, Captain Marvel's current storylines where she's struggling with what she needs to deal with. There was a whole series, a mini series, A Life of Captain Marvel, where she was dealing with family issues and balancing that with being a superhero. And I think those daily struggles is what draws people so much to Marvel. Yeah, I I work with um, MMA fighters quite a bit interviewing them and and all the interviews that we do before their fight and then after their fight, it's sort of the glory and the passion and all the struggles. And that's what attracts us to to fighting in the first place, I think. You know, that's why Rocky is one of the best movies of all time. That's why when we watch the Avengers and we see their final battles and how they come together as a team and all those things are, are really important to to human beings, like these inner conflicts, especially with like MMA fighters, I'll interview them and I cannot tell you how many times comics and anime come up. Martial arts and comic books, we're like best friends. We we completely relate to each other. So there's these big, tough characters you think in MMA and we're all of a sudden we start geeking out about whatever new Marvel film was coming out or what shows that we're watching. And they're so relatable. Yes. And this is why when you meet a comic book nerd in high school, remember, they're going to turn out to be kind of amazing. (laughs) They're going to turn into MMA fighters and action stars who read comics, still read comics, and decided that that was what they were going to aspire to was something, that little special superhero thing inside of them. I know that when I was doing kickboxing, I would pretend when I started to fall into a little rut where I didn't think I could get through a set, I would just think like, I'm fighting aliens. (laughs) (laughs) No, but that totally works, right? Like it does. Visualization is really crucial in fitness. And I think also when you think about your favorite movies or action sequences, the things that are the best part of the movie is when the character is learning how to use their powers and they're terrible for the first couple of minutes 
you know, they're just getting their butt kicked. Like think about when you watch Iron Man and he's falling and his experiments are not going well and all of that. And I think that we have to remind ourselves that that's a big part of fitness too. You're not going to look like Black Widow right away. You're going to have all those fumbles and falls and, and that's a big part of the journey. And if you think about your favorite characters, like you think about when Miles Morales first starts to use his powers and how, how terrible it's going for him. And but that's a big part of it too. And you want to enjoy that whole process, just like you like the fight montages and the learning your power montages. Like that's who you are in that moment so that those workouts that don't always go great, that are a little bit challenging for you are all a part of that journey as your own inner superhero. Yeah, you got to have an origin story. You can't go from <laughs> zero to hero. You, there's something in between. Sure. Fitness is that. Fitness really is that. Like, for example, I was telling our producers before we got on, I was like, I feel a little guilty because I actually haven't been doing Phoenix's videos this week because my body was like, we're doing yoga this week. That's necessary too. Think about all the heroes who have to like take a break. They go on some planet and just chill out for a while until they come back. Your body needs rest and you have to listen to it. You have to spiritually be able to listen to that inner voice that's telling you like, I, I need a little rest today. Or yeah. you know what? I've been good. Maybe it's been, you know, a month of a healthy diet and I want pizza. Live your life. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a really important thing. I don't like certain things about the fitness industry. I think sometimes it's the super ripped person yelling at you through the screen. And what the fitness industry does sometimes is show you these unattainable goals and these unattainable things and tells you that's what you're supposed to look like. We really just want to be healthy. You want to be yes. at a, a weight that's healthy for you so that you're not pre-diabetic and all of those things. And I think that's a big part of it. You want to learn a martial art, not be intimidated by it. Like you have got to be this amazing black belt fighter, but you're getting better every day, right? I, I've heard this one quote. I think this is really important. Just focus on getting 1% better every day. And that's 30% by the end of the month. That's a lot, actually. I always feel like people need to shift their attitude about what fitness is supposed to be. And it's what you said. It's about you feeling better. It's self-care. Yeah. And it should be something that feels good for your body. If you don't like running, don't run. If you don't like dancing, don't dance. But there is a thing for everybody and it should take care of you as much as you enjoy doing it. There's a, a huge element about perseverance too. So for example, my boyfriend's a stuntman. He's been on, on a lot of the Marvel shows and he does things that sometimes I'm just completely amazed by. And what I found out is that the video that he puts up it took him three months to do that kick and he just never gave up where even myself will have a hard time with it for a week and be like, I'm never going to get this. And I just give up. And he's like, I focused on videoing it and taking a look at how much better it was getting by that small percentage every single day. And it doesn't have to be a kick. It doesn't have to be a huge stunt of something crazy that he would do, but it's got to be about some type of goal that you have for yourself to get better every single day. And I see that with the, with the fighters as well. I'll, I'll see them all the way from the beginning fight of their career all the way to when they win a UFC championship. And I'm using high-level athletes as an example, but I've had clients or students that came to me that needed to lose 30 pounds or even 10 pounds or had an injury or somebody like me who had suffered with severe asthma. I'm not supposed to be able to do any of the things that I do. And it really just took a lot of patience. I really encourage people that you're getting fit because you want to live better. And I think that's a big idea and obstacle that I think a lot of us face not knowing where to start, not being uncomfortable heading into the gym, which is a very, this is a very good time for that because you can do a program like Daily Burn when you're home and you can do it on your own and still have the support of a community. And I think a lot of those fears, we can handle them now. You know, we can help you with that. That's a, that's a big part of it. Even if you're just like making a goal to take a walk, like I've got a dog who has to pee outside. Yeah. She's got to be walked three times a day. And that's a start. And just making adjustments until you're finally in a different place. It's literally all about balance. Every once in a while, I will binge watch something and lay on that couch and not move all day long. Mm -hmm. But also it's about taking care of yourself. And it's, it's about knowing that balance. It's about like knowing the days where you're going to make that banana bread 
and chill out and enjoy it. (laughs) Throw chocolate chips in it. And then other days where you're like, I'm going to have a healthy meal. The things with healthy meals is that I find people think that healthy meals have to be boring. And I'm like, let me teach you about spices. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, throw some adobo on it. It's cool. It doesn't have to be tasteless just because it's not fried. And yeah, right. There's like so many options to it's really, really all about balance. Like most of my favorite characters really understand that level of balance. We joke all the time because my boyfriend's like, all you care about is the ninjas. And I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, who are your favorite characters? I'm like, Wolverine, Samurai Ninja, X-23, Wolverine Spawn, Electra, <laughs> Ninja, Daredevil, Ninja. But what I've learned from martial arts is that yin-yang. And yes. that's this balance thing. So that balance of like, lay on the couch, <laughs> go mm-hmm. ahead. I get that. So I think like the biggest thing for me, when I talk to people about health and fitness and wellness, it's like balance, Daniel son. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. balance. That's such a big part of it. And I know this is really hard right now. It's really hard, but even though like we have to quarantine and all that stuff, you can still find the balance of reaching out to your friends. I talked on the telephone with one of my best friends like recently, and it was like, I talked to my friend today. Like we talked to him. We weren't just texting. We were talking to each other. Sometimes you got to call someone. And there's a, there's a certain level of humility that, again, we do learn from the Marvel characters when they do ask for help. Yes. Right? Like Wolverine is my favorite. And the fact that he's been such a loner for so much of his life, as old as he is, and then finally comes to a team of X-Men and has this amazing relationship with Nightcrawler and they become friends and he sometimes spills his heart out to him. Nightcrawler being one of the most well-designed characters in the history of comics, by the way. I'm sorry. It's my little bias about Nighty. I love Nighty. But um, this is a loner who eventually learned the humility of having friends and people to confide in and to care about. And I think that humility is a big deal. I see it in fighting all the time. I see it in martial arts all the time. I had to be humble enough to get my butt whipped in the ring when I was practicing or sparring, getting ready for a fight. And yet I had to be confident enough to stare across the ring from someone and say, today is my day to win and your day to lose. And I'm sorry about that, but I have to win today. And that balance again of humility to train really hard and sometimes not have the best day and get lumped up. (laughs) (laughs) And then the, the confidence to step in there with somebody of my equal that I had to dominate, you know, and as women, we aren't comfortable with that. I had to really deal with that because generally my I had been bullied, which a lot of martial artists have, which is what kind of turns us into martial artists, right? Look at Cap. He went from like being a weakling to being Cap. Mm-hmm. I went from that to having to say like, I have to love myself enough and believe in myself enough to know that it's my day to win. And what happens to my opponent isn't necessarily a bad thing because in losing, you get better too. In martial arts, we say this all the time. We say you either win or you learn. So there's a lot of value in not winning. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. I think losing and failure are things that we haven't embraced the right way. Um, And it applies to any field, really. Like I'm a writer. And one of the things that is hardest for any writer to do is write badly first. Yeah. Part of writing is rewriting and is doing drafts over and over and over again until you get it right. It's everything. It's whether you're trying to perfect a move or a kick or you're trying to get your best dialogue. It really applies to everything. And it's so hard to let yourself be vulnerable. I have the opposite problem. I always feel the need to be the dominant one. I don't want to be dominated because I was also bullied. And Mm -hmm. I kind of I did the flip. Like now that I'm an adult, I feel powerful. I feel like I'm in a position where I can intimidate someone, weirdly enough. It's super circumstantial, right? Because there are people you don't want to let dominate you. I teach self-defense as well. And when I teach self-defense, I always teach it from the psychological aspect before I teach you anything physical. And the first thing I teach you is uh, you of your value, Mm -hmm. that you should value yourself enough to know like, okay, this is where I have to let out my inner X-23 and go wild 
because that's a lot of the things that you have to do sometimes when you are in a extremely violent situation. Right. Yeah. And then there are times where you have to outsmart and it's, it's knowing what weapon to use at what time. That's the psychological aspect of it. But vulnerability and failure have to be met with different feelings. Because even when I say the word failure, I feel this sadness in my chest and it has to be like, well, what did you fail at? Was it an, is an experience that you're learning and you're trying to grow from? Or was it like, I really failed. This is detrimental to whatever. Okay. Enjoy your sadness and live in there for a little bit. I give you some time to heal. Right. Or is it like, I messed up today and what did I learn from it? Hmm. Mm-hmm. So circumstantial and knowing what weapon to use at what time. This is like something I always talk about, even with students, like for self-defense, it's closest available weapon, closest available target. So with failure, it's like, do I need to grieve and heal from this failure? No, it's really not that big of a deal. It's a learning experience. Take notes, move on. Yeah. Yeah. So you feel that like, when do I need to be vulnerable? When I will, I absolutely not let you in my space because of my worth. And do you, you understand what I'm saying? I do. Use what weapon? Yeah. I've, I've done Brazilian jujitsu. The hardest art ever. Thank you. I'm horrible (laughs) at it. Hardest art ever. I feel like my right is my left. My left is my right. Everything is bass backwards. And I tried it for I want to say five years, mm-hmm. I could not do it. <laughs> I tried so hard, but at the same time, like I respect it so much because it makes so much logical sense. Absolutely. Like everything that I was being taught made sense to me. I just could not connect my mind and my body to do what needed to be done. What is your advice for somebody who wants to be able to do something that they just can't do? Well, I'll break it down into two things. First of all, for those of you listening who might not know what Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is a grappling art that is a lot of ground techniques, joint locks, joint manipulations, arm breaks, things like that. It is an extremely uncomfortable art because we're like literally on top of each other. It is about joint manipulation. Somebody's like chest is in your face and they're sweaty and they're gross and it's just uncomfortable. But it's an extremely realistic art because if you're a small person, it doesn't really take that much to break somebody's arm because it's just putting the elbow in the way that it doesn't go. The training for it is really, really difficult. So my advice, both on the jujitsu front and on like the life front is certain things take drilling where you break it down. You're humble enough to ask somebody who's better than you hey, okay, I'm still not getting it. Can you explain it to me in a different way? Some teachers fail their students where they teach 15 steps and then, oh, go, okay, go. What? Yeah. There's something called chunking when you teach where you usually give three things at a time. And I feel like sometimes they're, the teachers aren't taught to be teachers. They're just good at jujitsu. So they, they miss giving you the little details. So if you're a teacher, chunk things into steps. Also, change the way you word. And this goes to anybody who's either teaching or leading or trying to explain something to someone. Do things where you're teaching to people who are good auditory, who are good visually, and who are good tactically. Do all three things at the same time. Meaning, I'm not going to say to you, put your hands here if you are an auditory person. I will say put your hand on your partner's shoulder, put your hand on your partner's left shoulder to be even more specific. So now the people who learn visually, auditory, and kinesthetically all got it at the same time, right? Mm -hmm. So sometimes if you're having a hard time, it might be your teacher. You might need to be taught a different way. You're not stupid. You just have a different way of learning things. I used to leave jujitsu so frustrated, like I'm dumb, I'm dumb, I'm dumb. And then I'd go to Dallas and learn from this guy, Safe Saud, who's a, an amazing MMA instructor and coach. And he would be like, Phoenix, put your hand here, grab the right shoulder. Your left knee should be inside. And I'd be like, oh, I got it. And he'd be like, you learn really fast. I'm like, I don't think I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I. The thing I liked about BJJ is I, first of all, I'm small too. And I liked the idea that I could throw a guy or 
choke him or bend his arm in a way that's going to break it, which I think that's another thing that scares people off a little bit is possibly getting injured, doing drills in general, like sparring. Yeah. And then the jujitsu drills, I was always like, I'm going to get hurt and it's going to be really unpleasant. But then again, you don't, if it's not the art for you, like, what are you doing it for? If you're doing it because like you really want to master it, then you put up with it. But if you're doing it for fitness or for entertainment or for excitement or for karate or community, I always tell people who are interested in starting a martial art, they'll say, well, which one should I start? I'm like, that's like me telling you which guy to marry or girl to marry, right? Yeah. You, you might go to a bunch of different schools and discover, like, I never want to spar. I don't want to fight ever. I just want to feel good and learn something. And I said, you know, why don't you do Kung Fu? You know, why don't you do a screama, like, which is what Daredevil's great at. It's the two sticks. Why don't you try that? It's beautiful. feels like dancing. It's, it's amazing. Why don't you try Capoeira? Like, why don't you try like any of these arts where you feel really good about yourself, but then really have to, you know, get punched in the face, even karate, like you just, you leave out the sparring part and you just do the other parts that are still really good for your soul, but you got to figure out which one you like. And how do you do that? You go on a bunch of dates and you figure out who you want to spend the most time with. Yeah. Right. It's the same thing with like fitness or when you find a trainer, physical therapist, I fired at least four. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to spend my time with you. I don't think you pay me enough attention. I don't think you respect my time. You know, and sometimes it's like, when you have a really good supportive partner, I'm in a great relationship. And sometimes he tells me some harsh truths that I need to hear. I don't jet and leave. It's because I respect his opinion. So you do deal with the toughness too. Like any Mm -hmm. relationship, you deal with the goods and the bads. It's what you want to put up with, what's worth it to you. It is the same exact thing with any relationship with martial arts. It's the same exact thing with any relationship with fitness. I also do improv comedy. I'm an actor as well. Me too. Yep. Yeah. I've done a lot of commercials and some TV shows. I got like headshot off and blind spot, which are super fun. Um, and <laughs> what the coolest thing about improv that reminds me so much of fighting, it's reacting in real time and listening to your partners. Yes. This is one of the most important lessons I learned. I started doing improv and acting when I was like 18 and it took me until probably 30 to figure this out. And once I learned it, it was like unlocking a door and it applies to life. It absolutely applies to fitness. And when I started doing martial arts, it just clicked. It was magical. It's a big samurai thing too. Mushin, meaning no mind. Yes. Being being clear, being able to react instantly without like preconceived anxieties, preconceived notions about what's supposed to happen, not trying to manipulate things or control them, which is very hard when you're very hard to, to be safe. You know, we, we're told to protect ourselves and it's this, again, that balance, that combination. I feel like the theme in our conversation is about balance. You know, it's about balance, health and lifestyle and fitness and cheesecake Mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatever it is. But yeah, I, I think it's a, it's really about that too, you know, balancing when to stick up for yourself and when to just shut up. <laughs> this leads me to something I thought we could have a little fun with when you were talking about kind of dating different martial arts things. But when you talked about what kind of martial art Daredevil does, let's say I'm going to name a few characters, Marvel characters, and can you associate either a signature move or a martial art with them? Sure. So we'll start with Daredevil. Uh, Daredevil is Eskrima is the first thing that I think of. Look it up. It'll be either Eskrima, Arnis, or Kali. And it's a Filipino martial art that uses swords, sticks, and daggers. And it makes me think of Daredevil, you know, because of the two stabs that he holds. Okay. Wolverine, we've already said samurai. He's a samurai, but also just like a vicious beast. It's amazing. If Wolverine had a signature move, what would it be? Just slashing everybody. You know, it's like a overhand right, like a big, big one twos. Sweet. <laughs> About Black Widow. Oh, Black Widow, you could say Eskrima. You could also say Ninjutsu, probably Ninjutsu because like the whole spy aspect of the whole sneakiness of it. So maybe I'd say major Ninjutsu. Okay. Who else have we got? Electra is the same Electra's as Daredevil. Definitely ninja related stuff too. You got Shang Chi, which is you know kung fu. Black Panther, who's an amazing martial artist, so he's probably like MMA because he can pretty much do everything. 
Luke Cage is probably like a really big yes. boxer. You know, it's funny, uh, Mike Coulter, who plays Luke Cage, and I have had like many conversations about boxing. He's like a big boxing fan as well. I know that when the stunt performers were on set, my boyfriend was in Luke Cage. He said they would call it slap foo, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Yeah, slap foo. Let's see what like other- That sounds super fun. Doctor Strange, obviously kung fu. I got a big Doctor Strange hot toys behind me. Mm. What a oh, I love cool it. Character. I always forget that he's a martial artist, that he does fighting too. Because mostly he's about the magic and he kind of gets the magic to do things for him. But there's definitely a movement involved there and an engineering of everything. Yeah, Gamora is probably like an alien martial art. She's one of the best martial artists in the Marvel Universe. Could you imagine being tasked with designing an alien martial art? I feel like Jeet Kune Do would be the, like similar to what an alien martial art is because Jeet Kune Do developed by Bruce Lee is like somewhat a precursor to MMA because it was he was mixing many different martial arts, even though there's there's other arts even before that coming from ancient Greece that mixed up many martial arts. But coming into the pop culture fund, Jeet Kune Do was like a big deal for that. So maybe it would be that. <laughs> yeah. What about Captain America? Cap's like probably like Greco-Roman wrestling and boxing, you know, all that stuff that's like from the 20s and 30s that was really popular at that time. With the handlebar mustaches and yeah. these and, guys. And probably a little bit of that, plus like the skills that they, he has with the shield. If you go back into the Roman era where the shield was used so much for warfare, he's probably got a lot of those skills, which makes Cap like very interesting as a strategist which is why he's been a leader for so long, you know? Yeah, scrappy little guy. But yeah, these stories are, they remind us that when our fight is not at our best, we can still come back and get up off the floor. Uh, 100%. You just like, just like Cap, you just be like, I could do this all day. And you just yeah. get right back up and you try again. Um, I think that the biggest thing is trying to listen to that inner voice because it, it will tell you what you need to do. And if you allow yourself to listen to it, you will figure out what the next move will truly be because of what you desire. And that dreams do come true. It just is a matter of that humility and hard work and perseverance and belief in yourself. And I think our heroes really teach that to us. And it's one of the reasons why when I picked up an X-Men comic, I never turned back, you know? Mm -hmm. Did you watch the cartoon when it was on? Oh my God. There's video of me and my boyfriend singing a theme song. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it was really like one of my favorites and introduced me to so many new characters that I wouldn't have read too. Yeah. yeah I feel like um, watching cartoons and just wanting to be cartoons was something that I never really let go of. I was way too nerdy as a child and like too awkward to do anything physical. I really, I don't think I did anything really physical on a regular basis until I was 30. <laughs> yeah. And I think that concerns me because I know what that feeling feels like for young girls who don't feel that they're coordinated. And I just wish that they didn't think of it as this big, difficult thing. That martial artist that's doing all that fancy stuff, that took a lot of time. And I worry, you know, as I think about my niece all the time, who is more in the artistic space, not in the physical space. And like, that's okay. You don't have to be like a jock, but you do have to worry about your health and your fitness. So start small. You know, yeah. this is such a good time though, because Marvel specifically, the young adult content is really good. And it really is amazing for these young girls. Yeah. And there are so many young heroes now, too. I mean, mm -hmm. there's Ironheart, there's Nadia Van Dyne, nor Nadia Pym, the Wasp, and Miles Morales. And I think about, I have a 14-year-old cousin who is one of my heroes now because she's starting to come into her own as like an artistic girl. She's going to be Sabrina the Teenage Witch for Halloween. And I'm like so proud of her because uh, she's she's a little weirdo, like her cousin. And But the popular kids in high school, don't turn out to be the successful adults all the time. They peak too the soon. Weirdos generally tend to be the more successful people in the future. So keep being weird out there. It's totally cool. Yeah. Be weird. <laughs> be creative. Be cool with yourself because it helps you 
stand up a little straighter and just carry yourself a little better. Like carry your whole package with you. Your whole package is great. Now, like, okay, you might think you're pretty, but you might think you're funny, but there's no, but like you're, you're the whole package and it's okay. And it's going to work out. I think people forget that being healthier also makes you more creative because if you're a science person, like I am, I'm, I'm a big science nerd. For example, if you eat a really sugary diet throughout the day, you're going to crash multiple times throughout the day. Your brain isn't going to function as well. You're not going to have as much energy. Your joints are going to hurt. Your back is going to hurt. You're going to have more inflammation. So if you're feeling bad in general about whatever you're dealing with in your own life, not having a sense of wellness is actually going to make it worse. If you are like stuck or you feel uncoordinated, you're not going to feel better by doing nothing. You will feel more coordinated. I'm very, I was very uncoordinated. I actually, what I would use as a tool to help me, especially when I first started boxing, because boxing really makes you coordinated because you're using your right and your left side and you're learning the difference between both sides. At our time with my right and my left. So I used to take my shoelaces and make my left green and my right red so that I had a, a visual cue as to what my right and my left were. This was helping me become more coordinated. And then when you work your brain in your nervous system with your left and your right, you actually create more synapses in your brain, which helps you become smarter. And then the oxygen from cardiovascular activity fuels the brain and that helps with your intelligence as well. So if you are one of those people who's concerned about, you know, feeling smarter, feeling more creative, being healthier will give you much more of that. So that's another reason why it's crucial. Yeah. Was Twister a nightmare for you too when you were a kid? <laughs> Not so much Twister, but more <laughs> like if you wanted me to like do complex dance movements because I had, you know, as a kid, we didn't have any money. So I didn't get to do any extracurricular activities in order to develop those skills. So when I got to karate later on in life and it was super coordinated with katas and forms, I had to be the person who took extra time after class and was humble and was like, help me, you know, even though I was so embarrassed and I just wanted to go home and cry, like, why am I not good at anything? And then eventually I became the best in my class. I was faster. I did do all the katas. I was winning tournaments. But if you would have seen me on the first day, you would have thought like, this girl's going to quit. You know? So yeah. I had to do that. You know, And I remember the first day going into the boxing gym, I got beat up. And then I wound up, you know, getting pretty good and, and booking commercials because of my boxing skills and stuff like that. So it's, it was shocking. So I, I think that the point for me is that that's what balance is all about, that yin and the yang, the body, the mind, the soul. It's, it, it's, it's all connected. I mean, this brings me back to Daredevil, too, because I feel like there is no bigger punching bag in the Marvel Universe than Daredevil, because I feel like there are people out to get Daredevil just to screw with him and ruin his day. And I think about the Born Again storyline. I think about the show where he, in the end of Defenders, a building falls on him and then he's got to come back again. He's got to learn how to be Daredevil all over again. But he always does it. He always comes back. <laughs> Matt's a little at fault with it too because sometimes he he doesn't use his humility or ask for help. But uh, I love that character for so many different reasons. And one of the things is like his storylines always led you to learn about other characters. I learned about Black Panther through... Daredevil, I learned about Natasha through Daredevil. Like it's it's really interesting is when these other people come into his life and teach him things. His love story with Electra and her own duality and stuff like that. There's a lot of those characters that are engulfed around his own issues and what you do affects other people is one of the things that I learned from Matt as well. Yeah, he's a good one. There's so many characters I would love to be friends with and hang out with. I think some of the casting, I have to give Marvel Studios so much credit because they've nailed everybody. They really have. They don't mess around. I can't wait to see what they do with the X-Men now. Yeah, I wish the X-Men for me was always there are so many of them. So it was hard for me to keep track. Mm -hmm. And then when I tried to read the comics, it was like, there's 12 more. <laughs> yeah, it did get a little crazy for me after a while. You know, my boyfriend really summed it up perfectly. We, we were having this discussion about it, of why I like it so much. I love sci-fi. The X-Men are comic book sci-fi. Yes. And I'm like, oh my God, that's so 
like really sums it up perfectly. And I think that that's why they've always been such a big deal for me. But I will admit, I'm really lost with the comics right now. So I'm just, I wind up picking up just graphic novels. Like um, right now, I'm, I'm reading House of X. I just started it. So if you've read it, please don't tell me anything. But yeah, I, I, so, I have to read everything as graphic novels now because the storylines are so vast. It's so awesome. So much yeah. goes on. It's really beautiful, but I think it's a it's like binge watching when you read a graphic novel when it's all in one collection. I yeah. love doing that. I also love holding the book in my hand and like seeing the art on nice, really big, glossy paper. Mm-hmm. But I think especially for the X-Men and, and an event like House of X, just having it all right there is really nice and convenient and yeah it's reading like old school reading like i've got a kindle i've got my marvel unlimited and i love reading comics like that but yeah having a book like a physical book and holding it and just you know not looking at a screen i think is the big deal yeah yeah i'm a little old school in that way too yeah i mean this is one of the best parts of my job is that i get to read comics quite often during the day (laughs) yeah i'm a little jealous (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's. I actually texted my friend once. Um, guess what I did today? I just read Civil War, the whole thing. I just read Civil War. Very good comic. It's definitely one of my favorites. Yeah, and I think it's it's painful to see our heroes fighting with each other. Mm-hmm. I think that Civil War, um, the first one, what came out in the eighties when I was a kid, and then like well, the more recent one, they both show that point that. Not everybody's a bad guy. We just have two very unique and strong points of view and we're not coming together, you know? Yeah. And I, I don't know what's going to change things. I just know that I'm a completely open to listen to sometimes what people who don't agree with me. And that's yeah. where that humility comes in. And I'm like, well, why, why do you feel that way? You know, like what happened to you that you are not understanding of this person's point of view. Yeah, that's why I always had a lot of respect even for a lot of Marvel's villains, which sometimes yeah. there are reasons why they're doing what they're doing. And I've been on a crowded subway and completely agreed with Thanos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like Marvel has been really good at helping us see that there's a way to understand each other, even if we disagree with them. We, they tell those stories so many times in the comics and the movies. So many people say in Black Panther, there was no villain. Oh, no. yeah. Like Killmonger, we can see where he's coming from. Right. Absolutely. On, on an extreme, but he does make sense. He makes a lot of sense. And I think T'Challa eventually understands his point of view enough to start adapting some of the things in a less extreme way where he opens up Wakanda to the public and tries to help people that are in need. And it's like, okay, guys, if you didn't get like a moral thing from this, I I don't know what it's the same. Like like, I'm very touched by art, by the stories that we tell. Yeah. That life imitating art thing. I think, I think Marvel's done a great job. Yeah. I think what I like to think about is sometimes all the bad needs to come out. So it's exposed so we know what we need to get rid of. Yeah. And in this case, I feel like it's almost like a big event, like a comic event, like War of the Realms, or like we just had Empire and a whole entire alien race came out and they wanted to take over. And our friends in the Avengers and Fantastic Four couldn't let that happen. And War of the Realms, like everyone had to get together and beat it back and say like, we can't do things like this. This isn't how we're going to do this. We're going to do this in a better way. And I I think that's maybe it's a painful thing that we have to acknowledge. But if you're hiding everything that's bad, you don't know what's bad. You don't think it's a problem. And now we know there's a problem and now maybe we have the tools and the understanding and the wisdom to get rid of it or at least try to change it, adapt it, make it progress. And that feels like a good way to end. I will ask you mm-hmm. one final question, and that is if you could fight any Marvel character for fun or any reason, who would it be? I want to fight the hand. <laughs> I want to fight the hand. <laughs> The whole one is fight ninjas <laughs> by yourself. Ninja that fights ninja. Yes. Wow. Yeah. I'm gonna need some adamantium and and uh you know, but I I would love to fight the hand. Maybe some like vibranium wrist slits. That would all for, yeah for, for good sure. measure. Just all of it. Just- yeah. Give me like two 
the X23 claws and then, and then that's it for the hand. It's over. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Hey, listen, is any fighting of the hand that needs to happen anytime soon? I'm down. I can't make any promises, <laughs> but I will put it out there into the universe and let the universe hear it. Absolutely. Okay. Phoenix Carnivali, thank you so much. What is your social media so everyone can follow you? It's just Phoenix Carnivali. So just find me there. And listen, if you guys have like fitness questions or like you are uncomfortable asking other people, hit me up. I do long commutes. So your questions never bother me. They give me something to do. <laughs> Hear that, everybody? Get your fitness on. Learn how to be a superhero. Phoenix Carnivali will help you. So you were already a fan of Phoenix before you got to have this conversation with her. Was there anything that surprised you from this conversation, getting to talk to her, you know, as a person instead of just as a fitness instructor? I think the most surprising thing was how much of a Marvel fan she really is. Being able to cite specific storylines and writers and issues. It's always so cool. It's like a secret handshake. It's like, you know, you're talking to the real deal. And I had no doubts that she was the real deal as a person, but as like a real deal Marvel fan, it was an extra bonus fun conversation to have. So is there anything that you've been reading that you'd like to share with us before you go? So this is something I've been dying to share ever since I started working for Marvel. You know, I was a Marvel fan before I started working for Marvel. I loved Spider-Man. I loved Daredevil. One character that I got to meet for the first time was Moon Knight. I was introduced to Moon Knight with a serial killer storyline and I am a true crime fan and I was hooked from the storyline with the collective and I have made it my mission to read every available issue of Moon Knight. Okay, there you go. You heard it here first. Jamie's going to read every issue of Moon Knight and are you going to tell us about them as you go? (laughs) Yes, the hope is that if, if anything, I will put some stuff on my social media for you to follow along. I love Moon Knight. I think he's one of the weirdest characters. He has so much going on in his head that he is constantly just trying to deal with. And if there's anything we love to watch, it's a Marvel character just trying to deal with himself. Yes, that is actually, I think, the core of the Marvel Universe is characters just trying to deal with themselves. Yes. Well, I think that's a good note on which to say that if you enjoyed this conversation or want to just say hi, you can tweet us at Marvel using the hashtag Women of Marvel. We love to hear from you. So until next time, this is Marvel. Your universe. I really hope you enjoyed that interview with Phoenix Carnivale. I know I am so excited to try more of her workouts. I'm also very excited about the launch of Women of Marvel's first comic book. When you get the chance, please pick up a copy of Women of Marvel number one. Get in on the ground floor with this amazing assembly of writers and artists from all over entertainment. Comics legend Louise Simonson kicks things off with a must-read introduction. Then, punch the glass ceiling with the Jade Giantist, Grit your way to the front line with Captain Peggy Carter. Go feral with a bone-grinding marrow story. All of this and more in stories from new and established writers and artists. You're sure to come away powered up and ready to slay in high heels and boots alike. Women of Marvel is produced by Rebecca Seidel, Alexis Williams, and Zachary Goldberg, along with me, Judy Stevens, and Angelique Rocher. Our development manager is Kieran Heffa, and Jill DeBoff is our director of audio. Special thanks to Phoenix Carnavale and Jamie Freverly.